Welcome to Massive Damage Adventures, an actual play role-playing game podcast. My name is Merrick Moyer. I'm the Dungeon Master, Storyteller, Lore Master, and all-around host. Every month, I run a one-shot using a different system, pulling in a different cast of players. For Season 5, we're trying a few new formats. We'll be alternating between one-shots and short, three-part campaigns. You can also find short campaigns live on twitch.tv slash massivedamageadventures or archived on YouTube under Skyhammer Press. And you can find our ongoing D&D campaign, Rise of the Ancients, on the Massive Damage Campaigns podcast. All intellectual properties, including game materials, setting material, music, and whatever else, are used without permission. None of them are ours. We're just using them to enhance our gameplay. But an extra special thank you to Hayden Lister for letting us use his song Rediscovery as our intro. Check out more of his music at ReverbNation.com slash Hayden Lister. H-A-Y-D-E-N-L-I-S. T-E-R. Also, please rate and subscribe and follow us on Twitter at SkyhammerK and on Instagram at Skyhammer Press. If you want to run your own games and need a few ideas, check out our social media Roll D4 Adventure Prompts. And if you pledge a dollar a month at patreon.com slash skyhammerpress, you get four full adventure seeds on every Roll D4 Adventure. This episode has been sponsored by Roll20. If you need a virtual tabletop, go to Roll20.net to sign up for a free account and get playing. With a marketplace for tokens, maps, and adventures, there's always something to add to your game. Plus, if you pay for a subscription, you'll unlock premium features like dynamic lighting, more storage space, customizable character sheets, and special animated effects. So, uh, you have defeated this, or rather made scurry away this scary creature, created a, um, a new bridge across this greasy, gross moat, and you head into this sort of, like, enclosed bailey area of the castle. There's um, stone walls around in either direction. It's obviously like a gatehouse or guardhouse of some sort. And then there are stairs that lead up into a, um, a large hall. There's, like, a doorway where the door has rotten away, and you pass through that... Um, in like a large dining hall where you can see looking up at it that it has multiple levels and probably would have had um, rooms and and storage and so on. It is one of a number of buildings in this keep in Weatherstone as you continue. So that is this one with the red roof that I'm pointing at. Are there any, like, magical, like, books or are there any, like, array of books that seem to be out and about that I could grab and look at? No. So this front area is kind of like, you know, it's the the area that you come up and you, you leave your horses. Like, there might have been a picket for stables or something here. You head up the stairs and we go into um, the next area. You can look around in there. Uh, it's a gloomy hall. The once a place of sumptuous feasts. Now it's only home to death and decay. The remains of rotting flesh and moldy tapestries spread an odor thick enough to make any living visitor gag. In old wooden chairs and on the cold stone floor are the remains of what once must have been the king's Alderlander soldiers. 
It is as if they had fallen during a final supper and decomposed only perhaps a month. So these soldiers are supposed to be from like hundreds of years ago, but it looks like they've only decomposed for about a month. Correct. Okay. So can, is there like, can I do like an arcana check? Sorry, I'm not used to the... Yep. Uh, that would be a lore check. Uh, wit's lore. And uh, for anybody else sort of looking like this is a this is a feast hall. And then around it, there's an audience hall, guest quarters, kitchen, servants quarters, and so on. Uh, Duke Wilder, that is one success. You do recall from Daub's story that and from, you know, the um, the history that you brought yourself, the rumors were that. Algorod had persisted beyond death and was leading a horde of undead monstrosities. These might be them, but they appear to be completely inert. Can I do an empathy something to mutilate the bodies? I mean, these are clearly not intelligent creatures anymore. You can absolutely start hacking up some uh, some mummified skeleton zombies. I decapitate all of them. <laughs> Double tap. All right. After um, the grisly work is done, do you... Uh, push forward so the legend that uh Dalb told us is that we need the sword breastbite for some reason when you said that i pictured it in a throne room but that wasn't actually like said right like we have no idea where this sword is right that's correct and this is clearly not a throne room this is like a feast hall for the knights But okay. yes, you are right. I did. I never said throne room. <laughs> that was just my mental image, and I was like, "Oh, we gotta go to the throne room." That's where you find magic swords, right? <laughs> that was definitely what I pictured. Do we have like other paths, and like, can we sort of get an idea of where they would lead into what areas of the castle? Yeah. So in here, there are various rooms, sort of off of this main area. And then out of this building, you can see that there's an open courtyard right here that leads to a ravine. And you can see that there is a single, um, like, large chain link iron uh, chain. Sorry, there's a large iron chain that runs from one side of the ravine to the other. As if there used to be a bridge there and that it's fallen down. On the other side of that, you can see a doorway that leads up another set of stairs to uh, a pair of buildings that then continue upwards and uh, onto further heights to the additional large buildings up at the top of uh, Weatherstone. To answer your question, it's a very linear path. So we just keep going up. Okay. So, the ravine. It is as if the axe of a giant has cleft both the stronghold and the rock below in two and left a deep 
stinking wound. A single chain spans the darkness of the ravine, and it is obvious there used to be a bridge here. The opposite wall has a yawning portal into the eastern half of the stronghold. Can I inspect the chain and see if someone has used it to cross within the last day or so? Uh, yes, it is fairly clear that uh, the chain has been rattled and like any sort of grime and buildup on it has been disturbed. Somebody has walked across it. Um, Turfwalker is wondering if, um, if she could maybe... Uh, tie a rope to one end of an arrow and try to shoot an arrow so that if, as we're walking along the chain, there's another rope for us to kind of steady ourselves with. Sure. That's a great idea. Um, go ahead and make a marksmanship roll. Okay, perfect. Uh, the gap is about five meters. You did get a success but you didn't roll the one gear die. So you still have one more gear die. So just roll one of those. Whoops, sorry. I rolled everything again. I only meant to roll the... We could just count that two. Yeah, yeah. So we just count the two on the gear die. And so you've got one success. Your arrow flies across, lands uh, true, and uh, and sticks in. Uh, give it a little bit of a tug, and it seems like it's relatively sturdy. I say... Thank you, David Bowie. Oh, that's my Bowie's name. I, I thought we weren't <laughs> on good terms because uh, I damaged him a little bit, but he seems to be doing okay. Safety first, everyone. All right. So I take it we're going to be trying to cross this chain. What are the odds of my boar making it safely across this chain? <laughs> Definitely does not seem like your boar can cross this chain. <laughs> All right. Can we see if we can try to, like, tag team carry him? Like, if I put him on my shoulders or something? <laughs> I think he can stay behind. He gives me an extra bonus in battle, but that's all. So I'm just going to hop off uh, and say, uh, all right, Drock, now, are you, I'm just going to take a little bit of a jaunt over this chasm. May you stay right here, and uh, and I'll be right back, but, uh, but you'll be good, and... Uh, and 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 you 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 watch out for trouble, you know. There's monsters around here, and and you you'll be good, okay. And just kind of gives like a, a <laughs> yeah. Kind of puts his head on the boar's muzzle and kind of pats him and steady himself. All right, let's go. I'm gonna say, what if Scandi is so strong? What if she threw the dwarf across the 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 the, the boar across? Can you toss a boar 15 feet? I'd be willing to try, but I'd be curious what would happen if I would miss. I, I think he's all right here. I, I think he's uh, just being more comfortable here. And uh, we'll, we'll be back for him soon. Boar bacon's pretty tasty. I want to give some some orange slices to the boar and just leave them there as a snack for him. Yep. Boars will eat anything, so very happily eats up the slices and the peels and everything. Um, okay, so who's going first? This is a agility move roll. Ravenclaw is down to show everyone else how to do it. 
Anybody who crosses gets a plus one gear die for the rope. I'll go. All right. Ravenclaw, the human rogue, steps forward. Very good. You know, Ravenclaw doesn't have any move? Yeah, you do. You should have had one skill die there. I didn't see it, sorry. That's all right. It looks like you rolled scouting instead of move. No. Scouting would have been three. That's weird. It just says scouting. But you still rolled four dice. Oh! Because you probably clicked scouting and then you changed the die pool. Never mind. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you did succeed, and all you need is one success. So there's no even need to roll your skill die. You very successfully cross over. But what if I want to do it with flourish? Then absolutely go ahead and roll your skill die. Paid off for you. Two successes. All right. With a little bit of a flourish, Ravenclaw gets to the other side. Scandi would also like to go. Okay. Plus one gear die for the rope. Well done. Two successes. Um, and so you you get a, how does how does Scandi get Scandi get across? Hmm. It's like it's just a chain, pretty much, right? Yeah. And you got a rope to kind of brace yourself. And you're crossing five meters. Um, She's like almost going to dance across. It's going to be like one hand on the rope just like for balance and then just like bouncing along the chain basically. Okay. Can I play a little bit of music to accompany her? Yep. Excellent. So I go next? Yeah, two across, and then uh, Nightkin goes. I've got one success. All right. Nightkin crosses over. Uh, how does Nightkin cross? Um, so he didn't get any gear bonus, which I'm going to flavor as... Uh, he's actually too short to, like, reach the rope. Oh, no. So <laughs> he just kind of, like, just... Eh, eh, and then just sort of, like, uh, kind of, um, like, tight wire uh, walks across, just kind of stretching his hands out one foot in front of the other and scurries over. Nice. Are these rules we can push? Yes. Yes. Sure, sounds good. I'm just... Yeah, you go ahead. Please go ahead. If we were to push it and the gear were to get a failure on it, would the rope fall out? Is that how that would work? Yes, exactly. So Katie rolled seven dice and, and no, no, success. no success for dirt water. Push it! Yeah, you gotta push that roll. I also want to point out that I rolled four five. Like that's <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. No successes. 
I'm afraid you fall. Okay. Is there any chance one of us can, like, rush back and try and catch Turfwalker? Nope. I'm just going to quickly look. There is... Just like insta-death. Just like, well, let's keep going. <laughs> um, the most one is like the one that dies instantly. <laughs> there is a thing for it. Where is it? Because I definitely read it. She rolled 14 dice. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Okay. So, gotta check the height. It's like if the Goonies failed when they were trying to get into the, the process, some of that stuff. Okay. So, we're gonna see what happens. Okay. Not bad, not bad. So, the fall is a number of base dice equal to the height of the fall in meters minus two. And so, I just kind of went, let's call it uh, 10 meters to sort of like a ledge underneath. So, um, Turfwalker is going across and holding the rope and so on. And you slip. And you try to grab your balance. And you continue to slip. You've still got the rope in your hands. And you swing. The damage was... If the damage was high, you would have lost... You would have basically had a chance to like keep onto the rope with a move roll and whatnot. But I only rolled one damage on eight dice. And so you're holding the rope and you swing into the wall. And you're basically like three, four meters down, hanging on the opposite side as your rope is still stuck into the wall. So you take one damage to your might. Can I move to grab the other end of the rope to like help and make sure that it doesn't rip out of the wall? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you can brace that. And uh, from where Turfwalker is... She can look down and see the broken remains of several wagons that appear to have been rolled into this ravine, and they're sort of crushed on the ground, hanging about seven meters below you. Oh, interesting. Okay, well, first of all, I want to say that part of the reason I fell was I was being, like, way too careful. So I was, like, staring at my own feet instead of, like, really looking where I was going. Um, it fell, and then as I'm falling and then the <laughs> swinging on the rope, I go, I knew this would happen! <laughs> <laughs> then I'm like, thunk! Ow! Um, okay, so there's, just right below me are some carts on wheels. Uh, yeah, so they are... Um... The rotting shells of two old wagons and uh, sort of like spilled out of the wagons are a number of chests emblazoned with uh, an old um, symbol that looks a little bit like a uh, like a bird flying. Oh, interesting. Okay. 
Does it look raveny? It does not look ravenly, actually. So, my options could be. You climb back up the rope. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Can I climb back up the rope? Yep. You can make a, um, a move roll to climb up the rope. What okay. if you climb down the rope and take a look at those wagons? I know I was thinking that, but I think I'm I'm a little nervous to do that. So I'm hanging from the rope. I'm going to be looking down, and then I'm going to look up and say, "Okay, I I think I can climb back up, but uh, there might be some treasure down here. Does anybody want to climb down with me? I'll go with you. Does it seem Mary? Sorry, that's her dog. Sorry. Um, does it seem like we could, um, based on how long the rope is, like, could we tie another rope to the end of that rope and just make a longer rope and then slide all the way down and then climb all the way back up kind of idea? Mm, I'm looking, do you even actually have a rope? You know what? That's a good question. <laughs> the first rope Did some, who had a rope? At least one person probably had a rope. Where do we see the things we have? There is a gear. There we go. So um, there's a gear section that has food, water, arrows, torches. And then I can see on Turfwalker. Turfwalker has a large tent and a quiver. So the first rope was in the power of our imagination. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll, we'll add a rope and that's fine. Um... I'm just looking for, I was hoping that it was going to be there, but it's not. And so I'm looking for the rope entry in gear. It's probably not going to have anything in it because everything is very simplified. Um, Whatever. Uh, this is taking too long, and it's boring. Um, the rope does get close enough down that you can climb down to the wagons as needed, um, and then climb back up on the rope, but only if you're on the far side. So, uh, Sydney, I believe uh, Duke Duke Wilder has not actually crossed the chain yet, so if you were to try to climb down on this side, it would be more difficult because you don't have a rope. Then maybe I'll just stay there, and I've been distracted playing music. Sounds good. Okay, well, I'll, I will guess I'll investigate on my own. I'm a little nervous, but I, I can do this. Your feelings are valid, and it is scary, and you can do it. All right. It is scary, but I can do it. And I, I chat that to myself as I'm, like, climbing down. And you're not going to need to uh, roll to climb down. Climbing down is no trouble. You're going to have to roll to climb back up. Um, you get down. And you can see that these wagons clearly were sort of like up in that courtyard area where you were and where Drock and Duke Wilder currently are. They rolled or were pushed down into the ravine and smashed on the rocks and sort of like got held in the things. And then years and years of fog and water have sort of run through them. You can see that there are a number of chests that look like they were in them, emblazoned with the same symbol. And you can search around um, amongst these if you like. Or you can make a lore roll to see if you recognize the symbol. Uh, 
can I do both things? Can I try lower roll and then uh, yeah, searching roll? Go ahead for the lower roll. Should I push it? It's up to you. Up to everybody. You've got one bane on it. Yeah, because I mean, is it that important knowing the symbol? Probably. Maybe it is. Probably just search it. I'll just I'll just remember the symbol and describe it to you guys later, and then maybe from my description, something <laughs> roll roll. Um, for now, what should I roll to search the chests and stuff? No roll required. As I totally remembered partway through the intro, there's no perception checks or anything. You just roll. Or you just you just say, I search the chests, and you find the things. Um, in the chests, I'm going to have you roll some dice. Could you please roll me 1d6? Just real quick. I rolled a three. Three copper coins. Roll another d6. A six. Six silver coins. Uh, roll a d66. 22. Oh, I see. No, I don't see. That's odd. They've got an extra... Oh, weird. It's just a printing error. On this table, it has 34 listed first, and then 11 to 31, then 32, then 33, and then on the next page, it starts at 35. So they actually just bumped the 34 to the top by accident. Um, Weird. Yeah. Anyways, you got a 22. Uh, Roll me... 4d6. So you found um, six silver and three copper kind of like scattered around, which, by the way, in this world is quite a bit of money. Like silver is is a big deal. People trade in copper. Awesome. Okay, perfect. I'm rolling 4d6s. 4d6. And then adding these ones all together. 12. Um, you find a small, uh, sort of, um, like money chest, a little bit like rotten through. And as you touch it, like part of it breaks, but as you open it, you find, how much did you say again? 12. 12 additional silver coins. Woohoo! And so this is clearly... A, a war chest of an army of some sort. You would have expected more wealth in it, but you found some of the money that you were searching for. Interesting. That's kind of suspicious. Um, all right. Well, I guess I'll climb back up. All right. So now you need a move roll. And I probably don't get a gear. Uh, yes, you still get the uh, the gear bonus because you're using uh, um, the rope to climb. Oh, perfect. Okay, let's And do you, it. you have um, Ravenclaw up at the top holding and making sure that it's nice and sturdy. Triple success! Yay! <laughs> All right. And so uh, a little bit more confident, a little bit more cash in your pocket, Turf Walker gets back up on the far side, and we still have uh, Duke Wilder to roll. And I don't get the gear because the rope's not across anymore. Unless they toss the rope to you. You can always call for it. Yes, please. Yeah. Okay, let's... Is there any roll I would need to make to try to sh- maybe uh, shoot the arrow? No, just toss the rope back. Tossed. You're holding one end. You throw the other side across. 
Mm, kitty cat. That's a fail. I'll push. You're gonna I'll push. push. Yep. Sorry, what do I do to push again? I just press push and nothing happens. Oh, um, burr, 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 Duke Wilder. Um, hit, do I hit roll again? Yeah. Okay. Or, yeah, it should just hit push. You got the dice all done. I don't know. Go go again. Click roll or push. I don't know why push didn't work. Oh, goodness. That's a lot of willpower, is how I'm going to choose to frame that to myself. Because I Absolutely. need it. Absolutely. That's great. All right. Um, so you got two successes. So you get across. But you take three damage to your agility, and you're just getting exhausted. You're getting tired. Your agility is now effectively one, and you're very close to just passing out from exhaustion. What does this look like for Duke Wilder? Uh, the sort of put together part of him is less standing out. He's standing like more like like a hunched wolf now, just like gasping for air with his tongue legging out of his mouth. He looks more feral at this point than he has before. <laughs> and, and maybe a little grumpier. Yeah, but you get three willpower for spell castings. How do I heal the damage I've taken? You have to take you have to take a quarter day's rest. So. <laughs> Yeah. Got it. Got yeah. It. I have healing spells, but I don't have any willpower yet. <laughs> you gotta push, Dan. And uh, then die. Okay. And so everybody is across. You enter this darkened um passageway and begin heading further north or further upwards. At which point you hear <laughs> and Drock has just leapt the gorge. And landed behind you. I am Florence and say, Drop, buddy, what are you doing? And I just throw my arms around here. Don't go scare me like that. You could have fallen. That would have been really bad. Yeah, just kind of, uh, Drock just kind of nuzzles you a little bit and like looks around for some more food. You can hop right back on his back. All right, I'm hop on his back. All right, you begin your way further upward, and as you approach the next building, which is so, you pass through this sort of first building, and then you come to an open staircase. Like, there's no railings here. This is dangerous. Uh, you can fall right off the side to the mountains or the other side to the gorge, um, and you head towards this smaller middle building here about halfway up weatherstone and you begin to smell a stench of rot and sharp elixirs exuding from this building the chamber as you approach and see inside was grand once the remains of silk and old portraits that haven't been torn down still hang on the walls now the room is filled with cauldrons pools broken pottery dissection tables and other items and things everything is covered with dust but to your horror you realize the body parts of animals and humans that have been nailed to the walls seem to have been alive up until recently and something is moving in the debris uh, so we're going to go ahead and deal out some initiative cards okay so we deal those like so and then we're going to give oh no wait sorry hang on let me pull all of those back. 
because this is supposed to happen first. We deal two to Nick, who chooses one and then throws the other one back out onto the table. Lower is faster. Seven was the lower one. Oof. All right, and then we... And Katie and I will just roll privately to decide who gets the higher card of just throw us two. Sounds good. I get two. I don't like it when you get two. That means that <laughs> you have two attacks. That's right. Okay, so initiatives are out. You can see that something is moving in this area ahead. You're not quite certain what it is. You haven't seen it. There's a whole bunch of, like... Um, mounded garbage and whatnot that's sort of shifting underneath this. But you get the sense that this is a large creature. Um, does anybody have the ace? I do. All right. Uh, what does Nightkin and Drock do? Noting that Drock has tusk attacks. Heads up. Oh, he can use a tusk attack? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, and that is that like his own attack, and then I do mine attack, or is that like... We did it kind of D&D style in the previous game, where you take your action, and then Drock takes their action, his action. Okay, um, yeah, is there like a, a, a mound beneath all the garbage that I can charge at and do melee attacks on? Absolutely, but heads up. I totally forgot this in the first combat. It's a fast action to ready a weapon. So you gotta pull your weapon out. And then you gotta wait. Because now you can't move. So you could pull your weapon out and then move forward. But then you wouldn't be able to uh, dodge if something attacks you. So the smart move right now might be to ready your weapon. And then save your action to do a dodge when if something comes and attacks you. Well, I have a sling, so can I just fire from where I am? Uh, sure. You can't quite see what it is. And so I'm going to give you a one-die penalty, I think. So that just means one fewer skill die, but you can go ahead and make your marksmanship. Okay, yeah, I will go ahead and uh, and just uh, say, Everybody watch out, there's uh, something, something not right here. And uh, I'm just going to take my sling and just fire at it. I did not get anything. Uh, I'm going to try pushing the roll, I guess. That's a great opportunity to push. Get you some willpower, get you some spells. And so do I change the dice pool for the push? Uh, no, because you didn't roll any successes or banes. It should just be the same one. And still nothing. And nothing. So no willpower, unfortunately, because he didn't get any banes. Alright, I I throw a rock. Yeah, the sling the, the sling rock goes out and it slams into the debris and nothing happens. Does anybody have the two initiative? Alright. What does Duke Wilder do? I keep the reason that I keep pausing when I'm saying Duke. And then I'm glancing over to look at the last name is because I'm getting stuck with Ducktales, and I'm just—I keep trying to say Duke Kaboom. I love it. Duke Kaboom feels <laughs> like that's his—that's his like drag name. I feel. Oh, so. there you go. Alter ego. 
I have a question. My hunting instincts thing, is that a fast action or a slow action? Is a thing where with my prey I can like use a willpower to like get an extra damage in combat? Um I think that it's probably not an action. I also just went to find a gif for Duke Kaboom and found out that it's totally also the guy from like Toy Story Four. And so I'm now like, wait, was it Duke Kaboom in DuckTales or was it Duke Kablooey? And I'm getting everything mixed up. Um, I just think of the Duke from Bridgerton, so. Oh. So, that was a great sound, Merrick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've never seen the show, but dang, is he a handsome man. I've won- oh, We have too many shows to watch. It's on the list and we just haven't even gotten to it yet. Uh, so which talent are we looking at right now? Hunting Instincts. Hunting instincts. Oh, I'm on Turf Walker. That's why I can't see it. Wrong character. Hunting instincts. The wolf can have a powerful sense of smell and can track. You can spend a willpower, to, willpower point to designate a person or creature as your prey. Must be within line of sight or there must be a scent to follow. There's definitely a scent, even though you can't see it. Um, the number of willpower you spent equals the number... Typo. I'm making it worse. Uh, of days that you can follow your prey scent in combat, all your attacks against your prey get a plus one bonus per willpower spent until the creature is broken or until you choose to let your prey go. Yeah, so that's not an action. As a talent, you could just spend a willpower and say, prey. I want to spend one willpower to do that. Um, and then... And then... Sorry. And then I want to use uh, two willpower to... Can I... Um, I want to do Stone Storm and cast that spell. So, but instead what I want to say is that for Duke, he's really exhausted right now and he kind of goes into this hunting mode and he becomes even like more feral and just seems like more dangerous and like gritty than he has before. And then instead of like a song, I want him to howl. And then that's what makes these stones levitate that are going to like smash into the creature. Exciting. Okay. So you should probably save your willpower for prey. Okay. Because that's going to be on attacks. Oh, okay. No, let's count this as an attack. I don't really yeah, have any it, weapons. That's why it, I was like, I have to get willpower to do spells. And it, <laughs> and it does say the attack is equal to the power level. So, yeah, the damage to strength from your attack. Okay, so, yeah, you spend the one to make it your prey. You spend the two, and you howl, and stones fly up and shoot towards it. Um, it's going to deal... Three damage to strength. Armor works normally. So right now roll um, two base dice to see if you overcharge or or um, cause terrible things. Mishaps. Okay. Two base dice. Two base dice. E. And we're looking for sixes or ones. Uh, yeah. Five and five a two. And two. You're good. Um, so you deal three damage to this creature, and there's a screech of, like, feral pain. And it sounds like it's coming from human vocal cords, but it doesn't sound like it's anything kind of... It sounds bestial. Um, three damage. Where is my... And Duke also seems much more bestial and, like, aggressive right now. Nice. Okay. And let me just take a look at that. 
Oh, I have armor. I gotta roll for armor first. Armor did nothing. Uh, very good. Yay! Um, so then let's move on. Who's got the three? Anybody? Four. I didn't look at my cards. What do I have? I have a four. <laughs> and I didn't have the three, so that's all good. Um, okay. And so on initiative four, this massive form just pelted by rocks, um, like explodes out of this uh, garbagey area, and it is a horror show. It is a human torso on top of a massive mutated scorpion body with a huge uh, stinger tail, and one of its arms is missing. Like, one of the human arms appears to be missing with, like, just sort of a sewed-off bit. You can see all up its torso, like, um, scar and, and surgery marks. You can see that the um, the carapace body has, like, uh, bits of metal and and pieces sticking out of it. Uh, so shape-wise, it looks like this lovely art that I found. Except imagine that it doesn't have armor, it's missing its left arm, and doesn't have a weapon. Dwayne the Rock Johnson? <laughs> oh, the CG was so bad in that movie. Goodness. Where is it? There it is. Look at how good that is. Um, okay, and it's it's gonna go for rock-throwing wolf wizard. And this is one of the cool things about monsters in this game. I don't actually have to decide things. I roll a d6 and that's what it does. Uh, poison fang. The scorpion beast's tail rattles like a cobra before it thrusts against an adventurer, stinging her with its poison. Uh, so I'm going to roll the attack using all these base dice. Three. Um, and weapon damage. One. Ooh, this attack is too fast to dodge. You don't have any act. Oh, no, you did have a... You still did have a fast action, but this action is too fast to dodge. Oh, okay. I got two successes, which means it's going to deal three damage to you. Do you have any armor? I don't think you do. You're a caster type. Um, no, I do not. Okay, so you take three damage to might... And you feel a burning sensation as this, uh, like, stinger slams into your body and begins to pump poison into you. I only have two might. Only two strength. So three oh. damage to strength wipes me out. You are broken. Um, yes. You are now unconscious. And poisoned. Don't worry. If I get killed, then I'll have enough willpower to heal you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so we're going to deal with that um, in a little bit, but for now, what we're going to do is we're going to go to... Poison, page 113, because I think you're going to have to make a roll. 
Here we are. Poisons are measured by potency. A weak poison has a potency 3. Strong has 6. An extremely potent poison, uh, potent poison has 9 or more. I'm sorry, this is a 9, by the way. Uh, if you ingest poison in some manner, yada, yada, yada. Um, Roll an opposed roll against the GM. I roll a number of base dice equal to the potency, and you roll for endurance. Uh, if the poison wins, you will suffer its full effect. If you win the roll, you only suffer the limited effects of the poison. The poison has no effect on monsters. I have zero dice for endurance. Yeah, figured. Uh, your critical injury counts as non-typical if you drink an antidote in time. Effect of the poison. Okay. Uh, paralyzing poison. Um, so... If you have zero dice, you're going to take the full effect, of course. Um, that's my six, seven, eight, nine dice. We're just going to roll to see. And yes, I got three successes. Um, you are taking... You are paralyzed and taking one point of uh, damage to agility each round until you're broken. I was already broken. Yeah, you're just... My agility's now broken, too. <laughs> one per round so it's not you're not taking it like on your next turn you'll take another damage to uh to agility <laughs> um whoo that was rough i look like a sad dead giant puppy yep okay uh who's got the five nobody six grace alder stone is up um, okay. I am just gonna launch myself at it with my battle axe. Um, can I say that because I use my battle axe as a cane and have it in my hand at all times that I don't have to like draw it or anything? You know what? You did establish that you used it as a cane in the very first scene. I'm good with it. Oh yes. Okay, I'm gonna do it. Um, is that a melee roll? Yes, so that'll be might plus melee. Okay, sorry. Might plus melee. So I seem to only be able to select one at a time. Do I just roll them separately? Um, no. So, okay. Easiest way is to just go to your weapon, uh, Battle Axe, and click the attack. Oh, good way. D20. And that'll set your pool to that. Oh, and let's just fix your bonus right now. So there we go. We fixed the bonus, and then we click that, and that sets your pool to six base dice, three skill dice, and one gear die. No, wait. Sorry. I definitely messed you up there. Um, you're gonna get to re you're gonna get to reroll that because it was Katie whose weapon was damaged, not yours. Yours had the two, and then you pushed it, and there was nothing. So go ahead and re-roll. Ignore what we just saw. Cool. And so, um, so click that to your... Okay, cool. There awesome. we go. Oof. Okay, one success. I would like to push. All right. Push it. And that's good, because the, um, the Bane came up on the gear die, and that's always re-rolled. So, oh, hang on. Um, you do have to keep the success on that. So let's just like place it and say that that four under skill dice was your success and that wasn't re-rolled. Cool. So you do end up with four successes. Ha <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, 
So you're doing four successes, and I am rolling for damage, or armor, I mean. I did get one armor, so you deal four damage to it. I need a better pen. This is not working. Perfect. Oop. Wrong book. Here we are. Um, that was a solid hit. Um, you have, uh, between the, the rock attack and this axe attack, you've all done seven damage to this creature. It definitely looks like it's hurt at this point. Um, so that was initiative six. We're going to jump back in time a little bit because I missed a step. When someone is broken by strength damage, you have to roll for a critical injury. So, Sydney, <laughs> lucky you. Um, if Are you sure you're remembering that? Are you sure? I, I am. It's right there oh. on the notes. Oh, dang it. Oh, uh, so okay. if Duke Wilder could please roll me a D66. Um, here we are. Stab wounds. 21. Oh, interesting. And completely... Okay, roll a d6. Five. Okay. Um, interestingly enough, this took you out as it went through your hand. Huh. Um, so two-handed weapons cannot be used for, I believe it is five days while that is healing. But effectively, what's, what's happened is uh, this rattlesnake pincer tail is shooting towards you. And you put your hand up to block and it would have pinned into it and then back into your chest. And then pulled back out after pumping poison into you. Is it too late to chop off his paw? <laughs> no, the poison went through the hand into the chest. There was a lot of a lot of layers to that attack. Um, okay, so Grace, you were a six. Correct. Anybody got a seven? All right, go ahead. Let's get Ravenclaw up. What do you do? I think like I'm going to use my ambidextrous talent, and I'm going to pull out both of my weapons as a fast, fast uh, thing. Okay. Okay. And then I think does that make it so I still have one uh, action to attack or no? Yes, you will still have your slow attack, and this thing is right up in your zone. You're good to you're good to attack it immediately without moving. Okay, I think I'm going to attack it just with the scimitar because I've already used the fast attack to pull out my swords. Well, fast action to pull out my swords. Sounds good. Ooh, that's rough. Do, should I push that or nah? I wouldn't push that. You've already... You'd only get... Mm, I mean, you'd get to reroll four dice, but you'd take two damage on your might. Every additional attack would be much less. I'm going to accept my failures. I'm also going to add a little bit of extra damage because I forgot that weapons have a base damage. 
So you've got... Let's see. So Ravenclaw's weapon... Scimitar... Has a damage of 2, and it's 2 plus the number of successes. So you're doing 3 damage, and then Grace... Your weapon also has 2, so we need to add an additional 2 damage from Grace's attack, and then, Nick, your attack does 3. Very solid, very good. 1, 2, and then yours doing 3, I'm rolling armor. Uh, Okay, so I got 1 armor, so you do 2 damage, but I rolled a Bane... So the armor is reduced by one. Your scimitar um, slashes through and cuts underneath some carapace, which flies off against the wall, and you see a wounded spot. Um, The creature is looking quite hurt. That was initiative seven, which means I get to go on eight. And uh, although it's pretty annoying... Well, let's see what what it gets. Whether it attacks... um, Ravenclaw or Alderstone. Okay, so it was um, it was kind of at this point facing Alderstone because like the big first attack and it's turning to attack you and then uh, Ravenclaw attacks from the side. I rolled Claw Toss, so this is going to go for the dwarf that's right in front of it as opposed to like a Whipping Tail which would have gone for the side attack. Um, so with a roar, the beast grabs the dwarf uh, with its giant claw. So I'm going to roll four base dice. Oh, that's not good. I rolled no successes. If it hits. I mean, it's good for me. That is good. Yeah. If it hits, the beast locks its claw around the victim and shakes the adventurer violently. You'd have Don't to. shake the old lady! <laughs> It would have thrown you to a near distance and dealt some damage, but no. Um, uh, the claw comes towards you. How does Alderstone get out of the way? Or stop this from clamping around her? I mean, I think she would just use the same agility that she used to cross the chain, because she is reasonably agile and just kind of dance out of the way. Mm. I know it's not D&D, but do I by any chance have, like, an opportunity attack type of situation? You do not. Um, but, yes, you dance a little bit back and it snaps just short of you. Like, right in front of you. Uh, that was my initiative. Anybody got the 9 or the 10? I've got the 9. Alright, go for it, Katie. I'm going to use my longbow and I have a talent which is called Fast Shooter which means I don't need to spend a fast action to prepare my weapon. Excellent. So, yeah, you spend your fast action to sort of ready the weapon, but people without your talent would then have to pull an arrow, draw it back as a fast action, and then shoot. You're fast. You're legless fast. Go ahead. Awesome. Woohoo! Four successes! Nice. And is there any downside to pushing here? Like, uh, no, absolutely, you should push. I mean, the the chances that you roll a bane on your weapon and your 
and your bow breaks. I guess that's a legitimate risk. Yeah. Let's go for broke. I'll try to kill this thing. Maybe All right. More so you're going to push two base dice, two skill dice, and one gear die. One bane and one success. Hey, but the bow doesn't break. So you take one damage to your agility. You're getting a little bit tired. It's wearing on you. But you did one damage from the bow. Two, three, four, five, six total of damage. I roll its armor. Uh, It gets one armor, so you deal five damage. Whoa! How do you want to do this? Yeah! I'm going to kind of be like in front of um, of, uh, Story City. What's your character's name again? Duke. Duke Wilder. And I'm going to be like, Duke, you you taught me the power of believing in myself. This shot is for you. I'm going to avenge you. And then I just like shoot and basically just go for a headshot, like right through the eyeball. Nice. All right. And so you pull back and the arrow flies and the creature is roaring and it's like it rears up a little bit with like its scorpion legs like clicking. Uh, It's angry that the dwarf was not snapped. And then your arrow takes it right in the head and it just and drops down with a heavy crash. Well done. You did it. We did it. And uh, just to sort of bring it all full circle, Huey Duck is the Duke of Making a Mess. <laughs> that That is his thing. He uh, he reaches down into the su- repressed anger and lets it all go. Watch the new DuckTales show if you haven't already. It's incredible. It's so good. I don't know why it's so good. It's amazing. And I mean, David Tennant voices Scrooge McDuck. Because it tells like a whole story. You have your little like episodic stories, but there's a greater arc and it knows when it's finished. It did. It did. It was really good. I love that show. And all the characters are fun. And, like, Webby gets to be a character. <laughs> I feel like we saw something about how the new DuckTales is really good. Like, yeah, I saw some online videos saying it was good. I never watched it growing yeah, up, so... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you don't need to. Like, you'll you'll get references if you did, but you can watch it on its own as a standalone thing. Disney Plus, do it! Precisely. Um, okay. This not sponsored by Disney Plus. <laughs> if only! Uh, I would run a DuckTales RPG. Disney Plus, get on that. Disney, come on. Alright. So, where were we? This is... In the laboratory. So... The, the creature falls down to its death, and you all catch your breath. You see that uh, Duke, uh, Duke Kablooey, Duke Wilder, is unconscious. And uh, the breathing is, is stiff and shallow. 
you check his wounds and you can see like this fizzing like bubbly bit to the to the to the blood not as not as if it's like punctured a lung and it's like f- frothy but like poisony is there any way to like blood magic like cut my own hand or something to take damage and then be able to use a spell that cures poison no unfortunately uh you gotta do the you gotta get the willpower there's no way to hmm well, let's see there is and i'm taking poison every turn right like my agility is getting hit every turn so now my agility and my might are both low yeah exactly at what point do i die um let's find out hey that monster didn't make an empathy roll <laughs> that's true but the monster did not attempt to coup de gras duke wilder either um broken 107 When an attribute score reaches zero, you are broken. This means that you're put out of the action one way or the other. Exactly what it means to be broken depends on what attribute. Uh, you're knocked senseless. Roll for a critical injury. If you're not dead, you can only crawl and mumble through the pain. You can't perform any other actions, and you can't roll for any skills. Um, so you were technically conscious. You are still technically conscious. You're just in so much pain. And then the poison from the agility... Uh, you collapse from exhaustion, you can only crawl and wheeze, you can't perform any other actions, and you can't roll for skills. Uh, rec- I make those really sad dog sounds like, oh. <laughs> oh. Um, the fastest way to recover from being broken is for someone else to treat you by rolling healing for strength or agility or performance for wits or empathy. This is a slow action, but cannot be performed with an enemy at arm's length. If the roll is successful, you immediately recover a number of points in the broken attribute um, equal to the number of successes rolled. Further rolls have no effect, and the same person can only try once. If no one helps you within D6 hours, you recover anyway and get one point back in the relevant uh, attribute. So if you'd rolled really, really high on the critical injury, that's how you would have died. Because you didn't... Because you got uh, specifically the hand wound... You're not going to die from this. This is just determining how long until you're recovered. So, does anybody have healing? I I have a, a three in healing, so... Awesome. So, go ahead and roll. Um, healing, which is a... I got three successes. Oh... Uh, but I also, yeah, um, just... Should you push it? I, should I push it just to get some magic? Yeah, you should push it to get a willpower. I mean, it's past 9 o'clock now, so we're going to start wrapping up, but you should do it anyways. Do it just for lols. Because what kind of damage would you take for this? You'll take one wits damage. Or, sorry, one empathy damage. Okay, so because I rolled another one... Does that mean... Oh, no. I didn't push that properly. Yeah, so what you gotta do is you gotta roll uh, one base die and one skill die. Okay, so it's another success and then I get the one will die. Yeah, so you're gonna lose one um, empathy. You're going to gain a willpower. 
and uh, you get four points that you can put. Um, Duke Wilder gets four points that you can put into might or agility. So you probably want to put at least one in both. As, but as he does it personally, I gain empathy as a person, even though I don't get it as an ability. And I also want to say Duke Wilder with his little singing as he comes back to life, he sings, I'm a survivor, I'm not going <laughs> to Excellent. Okay. And so let me know. Um, do you search around? Do you push forward? Do you rest? Like you could choose to take a quarter day's rest, um, which, you know, six hour rest, and that would recover all of everybody's uh, reduced attributes. And then you could continue on. This will just determine how I narrate the ending of this story. We could uh, go for the rest and let the uh, other adventuring party come through. And then when they come through, just attack them and take the stuff from them. If they live. Works for me. Sure. I like that idea. Sir, let's try to scumbag it. Okay. And so, uh, where do you rest? Can we set, like, a trap for the person if they made it through? Can we tell if that person made it through to get to sort of... Was, was there a more recent dead body? Do you want to take a look around in here? Yes, please. I'd like to do that. All right. Um, so, as you sort of, like, look around in here, you do find... Uh, among the refuse, one silver coin, and um, there is a a man here, a rough-looking, uh, bearded man who's pulled a little bit of, like, a broken table over himself, and he's cowering, hiding from this monster. And uh, he introduces, like, as you speak to him, he says that his name is Cordomar. Cordomar Sulam. And he says, Yeah, I, I was here with Esgar. They pushed me to the creature and ran up the stairs. I think it was keeping me to eat. Well, perfect. Then you got a grudge against him. Uh, tell us where they're going to come back, and uh, maybe we'll uh, get you some justice and all uh, get ourselves paid in the process. <laughs> he says, I don't know anything to Esgar or Dindria. They can rot in hell as far as I'm concerned. Um... He says that their plan was just to head up to the top of the tower and recover Rustbite. Let's ambush them. Yeah, we'll wait for them to bring it back. Okay, and so you're going to you're going to rest here in this uh, in this laboratory room, or we go back and then attack them as they try to cross the chain again. I'm with that one. Yeah, because they might find an alternate way around where they can avoid the beast that they think is still here. 
Okay. So you head back out of this way. Do you take Cordemar with you? He's pretty hurt. Yeah, he'll be like our like lure. He'll be like, guys, I'm safe. Check it out. <laughs> They're here. As you're talking with him, he tells you a little bit about them. Um, Esgar is this like uh, really full of himself adventurer who thinks that he's going to unite Ravenland or something under his own banner. Uh, Dindria is a bard who they picked up in one of the most recent settlements they were in. And he's also very sour because Esgar um, sacrificed Brother Farabald, a rust brother, to uh, get them past the um, demonic octopus in the moat. Which was the uh, splotch of dark brown substance on the beach that nobody investigated. Yeah. So at this rate, like, Asgard is going to come back alone. Like, he's just going <laughs> to keep talking teammates. That really seems like what he's probably going to do. Um, okay, so you take Cordemar and you cross the uh, the chain again. We're not going to worry about rolls at this point. You've got enough time to get there. You get over to the um, to the courtyard. Did you want to stay in the courtyard, or did you want to take your uh, your six hour rest in the um, in the banquet hall? We don't want to go too far because they could jump off from there from the chain. I think we want to be able to see the chain and try to like yeah, see where we can see the chain. Okay, so in the courtyard, you set yourselves up, you get your food, you start to recover your injuries and your exhaustion, and then... I rolled to see what happened to Esgar. Three or four hours later, the sun has set, it is dark... And you hear a rustling coming from behind you in the building that you passed through, the feast hall. And you look up and you see a succession of headless corpses walking and shambling towards you, drawing swords ready to fight. You look up towards the tower and you see um, a light like a dark, ghostly light has lit among the um, the windows, and that looks scary as heck. So just narratively, do you fight the skeletons? Do you run up the castle? Do you try to get away? What is the group doing? Why don't we try to jump down where those like um, wagons were and just... Get out of here. Just nope the F out of here. I'm down for that. We still have that rope that we could tie along to the thing, and then we just light a fire on it and leave. Or, Diamond waited, but we should try to fight. I'll die again. I'll die so fast. <laughs> yeah, you didn't finish your full rest, so... I mean, let's let's say that everybody heals uh, one point from every attribute, but you're not full up. So that might fill you up, but it may not. I mean, I'm down to try and fight. Do they have a disadvantage because they can't see us because they don't have any heads? No, they're undead. They are sensing you with other senses. Although I feel like if we're going to do anything, we should head for the tower and try and head them off. Because if there are remains of people all throughout, they'll just keep coming and coming. Yeah. 
Let's go for broke. I agree with Grace. All right, so you're running up the tower? Yep. Yes. All right, so what you see as you're heading up is that the skeletons just keep on coming. Uh, you head across the chain, and there's probably about 20, maybe 30 of them coming out of that building. Only the first 10 or so have no heads. The rest were in other rooms. Uh, you head up. You find this... Um, uh, this other large building where... It's it's kind of like a uh, a theater, a hall uh, for um, for plays and such, and it's just nasty. It is filled with like bird dropping that is quite large, and um, and like torn up, shredded furniture. Something was living here, and it is not pretty. Um, you continue past that, and there is a drawbridge that has been pulled up. Uh, because we're at the end of your time, we're going to leave this on a thoroughly uh, exciting end where you come up to the drawbridge and you see that it's up and there's no way to potentially cross it unless you're getting creative when it starts to creak downward. And standing on the other side of the drawbridge, I wonder... Oh, actually... I also have a picture of the undead to share. Ah, skeletons. Um, it looks like I don't have a picture of that in uh, roll 20. But So I have to do this. Um, standing on the other side of the drawbridge as it comes down is a knightly, kingly figure, completely emaciated and dead, uh, standing in armor and holding a sword. Fancy. And so the voice, like, the mouth cracks open and a, a voice issues forth and says, For the love of Queen Therania, Kneel before your king. We join him. Not bloody likely. <laughs> uh oh. Internal schism. He makes a compelling point. So, uh... He's with Scandi. I don't kneel either. So, is it is it just Nightkin who kneels? I don't, actually. I'm just, oh, okay. I'm just messing around because we're at the end of our time. <laughs> yep. We fight. You fight. And, uh... The... Death Knight fights, you fight, there are many skeletons, it's it's a little bit beyond what we have time for tonight. But, uh, uh, interestingly enough, what happened is that, um, 
because you take the long rest, Esgar reaches the uh, the tower and tries to take the sword from the 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 body lying in the bed. And as soon as he touches it, the body reanimates. And then I was rolling to see if Esgar and Dindria could take on the Death Knight, and they couldn't. And so he kills them, which uh, brings about all of the skeletons rising. And, uh... Yeah. Very exciting. Um, similar path to the previous group. Pretty similar. They, they struggled a lot with the moat. Because um, they didn't have a stone sorcerer. They had to actually physically build one. Alderstone actually crafted a, a bridge. Um, they never talked to Dalb. They just went, there's somebody in there? Screw him. Bye. And they just left. So rude. Um, I love Dalb. But I mean... We roll a d6. And one, two, and three, we lose to the Death Knight. And four, five, and six, we win. And just call it, that's how we decide. I like it. Let's do it. Who wants to do the honors? Grace! All right, oh, man. Alderstone, Which the one in the front who says, "I'm not kneeling," runs forward because and attacks. Because it comes to a climactic battle with Alderstone and the Death Knight locked in blades at the end. Yeah. Oh God, it's so much pressure. I have to remember how to roll a d6. I'm just going to do one base. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. So I'm gonna I'm gonna add in defeated the king. Take that other group. The other group also defeated the king. Aww. Were they faster getting through it though? Uh, because they didn't spend the time role playing with Dalb, and they were faster on their first one. They had a little bit more time in the castle. Um, but I did this very same similar thing. One of them was knocked out by the uh, by the scorpion thing. They took the six hour rest. The skeletons came up, and then I rushed them through, getting up to the tower, like I was doing with you. But we still had a little bit of time, and they're like, "We fight." I'm like, "Okay." And then somebody rolled like just ridiculously and did like ten damage in one turn. I'm like, "Oh my god, you killed it!" And they killed the king. But uh, you are able to loot Rustbite and the Crown. And I'm just going to make it the same. Um, if you actually go up and check out the um, the tower, they ha- there's a, like a beautiful portrait of Queen Therania beside the bed. The other team totally stole that as well. I put on the crown and put on my rings. Yeah, so the differentiators here are um, you got rings, like you found some fancy rings for trade. Um, And you found the treasure down in the gorge. They didn't find that. Ravenclaw peed on a kraken, so there's that. That's also true. Style points. Um... And you built 
the cool bridge. The other team, they possibly built a trade relationship with a um, tribe of orcs. They came across an orc and an elf dueling in the woods and then made they role-played through that. It was interesting. Um, instead of decapitating skeleton heads, they looted and found uh, silver jugs that were worth some cash. Otherwise, same stuff. Nobody saw the harpies because everybody rested before the harpies and then the skeletons woke up and the harpies went by and flew away. Nice. But good game, everybody. That was Forbidden Lands. Woohoo. Thank you for running. Yay. Good job. Thank you for running it. Yeah, my pleasure. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. I mean, like almost like a month and a half later, but thank you everyone so much. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you, Merrick, and nice to meet you, and nice to meet you, Grace. You as well. Indeed. And uh, yeah, so anywho, thank you everybody for the game, and you know, happy we made it work. And Grace, good luck on moving. Hope it all goes well. Thanks so much. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Massive Damage Adventures. Please rate and subscribe and follow us on Twitter at Skyhammer K, on Instagram at Skyhammer Press, on YouTube at Skyhammer Press, and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Massive Damage Adventures. If you want some outtakes, keep listening after I stop talking. So people, a man tried to start a war and tried to take control of everyone. And then somebody maybe had a really rough period and was like, no, everyone's going home and staying home. Go back to your room. Go to your room for 300 years. Yeah. Basically. I think that's what it says on the back of the box, right? Yeah. (laughs) How dare you go to your room 300 years.